This episode of the Enhancement Talent is brought to you by Non-Disclosure Agreements. Taking all the fun out of wrestling promos since 2023. Here on the Enhancement Talent, we're no strangers to giving you our opinions on everything pro wrestling. But do our opinions gel with those of other wrestling pundits? This week, we go through a top 10 list from the internet and see whether we agree with it or not. Join us as we give you an installment of Yay or Nay, Overrated Wrestlers. All right, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Enhancement Talent Podcast. I'm your host, the man in the rafters, the one they call Tony Lopez. With me tonight, as always, the other half of the amazing Lopez Cousins, Dr. Bob Lopez. How you doing tonight, Bob? I'm doing great, sir. How about yourself? Doing all right. Doing all right. I know it's Thanksgiving has come and gone since we last talked. Uh, how was your holiday? Just another day. Just another, another Thursday. day. <laughs> yeah, my brother didn't show up. He was out with his in-laws, so I didn't uh, care. Gotcha. But, hey, it was still, was the food good at least? We catered from, uh, <clears throat> I think it was Mariano's. Ooh. So we made it here. Um, it was all right. I don't care for turkey. I don't like it. It's dry. So yeah. I'm not a turkey person. I like ham. Ham was good. Mashed potatoes were good, but. You, you know what like I tried? Normal day. Yeah. You know what I tried? You know how Popeye <laughs> sells those Cajun turkeys? Mm. I tried some I of that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I tried, I tried some of that. It was fucking good. It's like, I'm usually not that big of a turkey fan either because. It's dry and turkey's kind of bland. Dude, I think, you know, paying 50 bucks for one of those turkeys might be worth it because that shit was awesome. But that's food for thought for next Thanksgiving. Um, out in beautiful Cary, Illinois, the Warsaw Blonde himself, Adam Kolavik. Hi, how was your Thanksgiving, Adam? It was good. It was busy. A lot of miles on the car. Uh, I was off of work, so that was good because I had a... 13-hour day the, the day before, so I'm thankful I didn't have to go to work the next day. Uh, went to see my in-laws early and then uh, then stopped at my mom's on the way home. So my, uh, my aunt, 86 years young, and a few of my cousins, uh, so we got two meals. So, yeah, it was I didn't eat much uh, for the next two days. Nice. And the Cajun turkey sounds awesome. Anything with Cajun attached to it i'm i'm all over like i'm addicted to the cajun wings from a wing stop now oh yeah yep nice no that's uh, that's that's when i have to make dinner for my kids yeah (laughs) 16.99 takeout special that's that's usually uh, a staple in my house on a tuesday or wednesday night well they popeyes does wings now too i haven't tried them yet but we'll have to figure that out but um yeah enough about chicken and turkey uh, let's get to the topic at hand as far as news goes. Um, as we all know, Survivor Series emanated from 
uh, Chicago, uh, Rosemont to be exact, at the uh, Allstate Arena. And while a, a really cool, you know, War Games main event happened, absolutely nobody is talking about that or the return of Randy Orton or Survivor Series really itself because what happened uh, in the final, like, 45 seconds of that show basically, you know, took the wrestling world off of its access for, like, the last week. And that, of course, was CM Punk making a surprise return to the WWE. Um, I was I was sitting here watching uh, Survivor Series when it happened. I remembered, you know, watching the uh, the War Games match, and I was convinced that the whole thing with Punk wasn't going to happen, you know, just because, you know, the, the dirt sheets weren't reporting anything. Um, everybody was playing it down, and it just didn't seem, like I said, I, I thought that, you know, there was just, you know, especially with the relationship that, he and Triple H seem to have um, that, uh, and the way that it, the thing in AEW ended, I was just like, you know what? They're going to see him as you know more trouble than he's worth. Randy Orton's coming back. They'll probably just leave it at that. So I'm watching the end of War Games, and like I said, the War Games match was really fun. Um, and then you know the WWE logo comes on. I'm like, okay, well, you know, show's over, whatever. And then, lo and behold. The music hits, and honestly, my jaw dropped. I, I, I was like, "Holy fuck!" They actually did it, because, like I said, I didn't think it was actually going to happen. And Punk just there he is out by the Titantron. He's celebrating with the fans, whatever. Um, I did notice while I was watching it that they did not cut back to the wrestlers in the ring, and I thought that was kind of odd. Um. And then it just went off the air. So I was like, holy shit. And then, like I said, I, I, I texted Bob, you, you texted and posted on the fan page and everything. Everybody, just like the wrestling world, just fucking imploded that night. And we've been dealing with the aftermath ever since. Um, we'll talk about that more later. But um, when you guys saw that CM Punk... Uh, did in fact come back? What was your reaction? So let's start with you, Bob. Just like you had said, I was uh, I was very surprised, especially because they had already hit the end credits. Um, you know, you you mentioned Randy Orton come back. Uh, they had brought back uh, our truth earlier on in the night earlier as well as a surprise <laughs> yeah. return. And um, so. <clears throat> It was just, um, yeah, it, it just, I just thought show's over. Um, and then when, when you hit the music, when, when they hit the note, the, the opening and just, you're like, holy shit. And then when you actually see him come out, it was just like, wow. And then I just started kind of laughing because when, when I see him in, in AEW, he kind of just looked like, worn down and tired and I'm out of it. And then you see him come out in WWE and he looks like much younger and refreshed. And you're like, damn, <laughs> like the guy, like the guy looks like four years younger. Um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting that they weren't showing the, uh, the wrestlers in the ring. And then, you know, kind of how things usually happen with Mr. Phil Brooks is uh, 
you know, a lot of word spreads afterwards. And, you know, we found out more about that later on um, as the night progressed. And I'm sure we'll talk about it in a little bit. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was just holy shit moment. It's one of those uh, moments you're always going to talk about. Uh, the, pop, the pop was amazing for him. Of course, it happened here in Chicago where, you know, he's from. And it's just a, uh, you know, Bret Hart moment all over again after he got the Montreal screw job and he came back, you know, years later and said, Hey, looks like hell's frozen over. That's just, uh, you know, deja vu right there. Yeah. How about you, Adam? What was your reaction? I know you guys are going to think I'm nuts, but the more I thought about it, the closer it got, the more I thought it was going to happen. I really did. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, yes, we all know the history. It's been well documented. Uh, who really hates Tony Khan? CM Punk. Who uh, got called a bald asshole by Tony Khan? Triple H. Who doesn't like Tony Khan? Triple H and CM Punk. Let's get together. Let's make some money and let's screw over Tony Khan. That's, I think, what brought this together. And... I'm going to go another step further. Before uh, he made his second return to AEW prior to collision, I smelled a rat when he was backstage at Raw before he came back and was making nice in the back. Um, The longer I've been doing this podcast with you two, the less and less I buy into anything that people post on reports. All these reports always not coming. They're not interested. Always not coming. Oh, he just said hello and he left. WWE is the best at keeping this shit under wraps. It really is. So I'm thinking again, everybody has to say with Triple H what's best for business. You, uh, You just think about it. Had he not shown up what the reaction would have been. They could have put on the greatest show ever and people would still be pissing and moaning that he wasn't there. So the more I thought about it, I'm like, dude's going to show up. Like, if I had delayed, I, uh, I'm not a betting man as far as that kind of stuff goes, but I would have, I would if I had to make a bet, I would have bet on the side that he's going to show up. Well, you would have mentioned the, uh, the, the uh, Bret Hart. Yeah, it's it's on the level of Bret Hart coming back. It's on the level of Eric Bischoff showing up on Raw and hugging Vince McMahon. It's it, it it's up there in terms of, even though I thought it was going to happen, it's still shocking to see because of just all the bad blood there's been in the last decade. Yeah, and you know money's the true motivator. I, I don't think, honestly, I don't think CM Punk even gives a shit about Tony Khan at this point. Um, he was miserable. Mm. He was miserable. He came to AEW to stick it to Vince. What was that? Now, he came to AEW. Obviously, money. I'm not going to argue with you about that because that that is that is principle. But there was, I believe, there's also a degree of oh, I'm going to stick it to Vince and Triple H. Uh, that was a reason, a motivating factor to come to AEW. Yeah, and but then the, when yeah, he but, got his feelings hurt by the elite. Yeah, but the that has, I mean. As far as him being fired from AEW, he's got nobody to blame but himself. So I, I don't, I'm well, not, not buying him. Huh? <laughs> not I, I if you ask him. I don't know. 
I, I I don't know. I'm not buying the whole. I I'm not buying the whole. Hey, let's get together and fuck Tony Khan over well, and make money. I said it, it's too. money. It's mo- I think it is money. I think it. I if Tony Khan is part of it, it's a very distant second. I think it's money overall. I mean, Triple H. I think you know now that he's in control of creative and is basically running the ship. Um, he wanted to make a big splash. Now, now that he's the guy running the show and Vince is gone, um, you know, I, it it has to be the motivate the main motivator. Oh you no, know, I, I, I agree. I, I agree. I, I just think it's that's a factor too that 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 helped meld the relationship between the two. That's that's what I'm it, saying. Who don't, for all intents and purposes, they probably still hate each other. But you know, it's you know. Like you said, it's it's a business. You're there to make money. And, you know, I think, eight, you know, when it came to AEW, CM Punk's ego couldn't get out of the way. Because I think with, with AEW, he saw himself as the great white shark in a, in a fish tank bowl. You know, and the fact that the other goldfishes he saw them didn't really want to take his advice or, you know didn't treat him as king shit. I think it bruised his ego a lot and he became more and more miserable there. I think, you know, when you take that out of the equation and you know, you're there just solely based on your name and your your ability to generate money, you know, and as we all know, there's a lot of people backstage at both AEW and M sure in WWE who would rather he not be there. Um, but, hey, money's the motivating factor. And, yeah, I just, I don't know. I I was surprised because I thought at this point people had kind of just given up on him. I would have given up on him after the way things ended in AEW. I wouldn't have fucking, you know... I wouldn't I wouldn't have done what Triple H did, but I understand it though. I understand it because of the money involved and the fact that right now, um <laughs> you know, CM Punk's merchandise is still on Pro Wrestling Tees and is still the top mover of AEW merchandise and his his new merchandise in WWE is still is now the top shit. You know, it's like he he's a name. He's a name. So I, I understand why he came back or why Triple H, you know, brought him back. Um, from what I hear or what, you know, reports uh, as it filtered in after the surprise return, um, I guess what had happened was nothing nothing was going to happen up until a week before Survivor Series. Apparently, Punk and Triple H had like an hour-long phone conversation a week before Survivor Series where they hashed everything out, worked everything out, and um, the plan was put in place. Triple H told absolutely nobody, but there were reports that Punk had told people really close to him that, you know, were tight-lipped about it. Um, Dan Housen. Yeah, Dan Housen. <laughs> um, but there were people that... um. There was also kind of conflicting notes uh, 
as as things were going on. People say that you know everybody backstage didn't know about it, but apparently a couple of days later, Triple H had told, um, you know the uh, the wrestlers involved in the War Games match beforehand that there was going to be um, Punk coming out at the end. Uh, not everybody was crazy about that, especially as we saw. Seth Rollins was not crazy about that. Um, and also, there's video of uh, Michael Cole and Corey Graves uh, at the commentary desk when Punk's music hit. And, you know, Michael Cole is going along with it. He's excited. He's pumping his arms. And you look over at Corey Graves, and he just, he's nonplussed. He's got a stone look on his face. His arms are crossed. <laughs> no reaction whatsoever to to see him punk coming out. So, and then also Rhea Ripley, there was video of Rhea Ripley's reaction where she just kind of like flips him off and, you know, makes fun of his whole, it's clobbering time. Uh, shit. Like I said, it's very divisive, you know, while it's big news and definitely set the wrestling world on its ear. Um, there's definitely people in WWE that are not crazy that he's back and have made it known, I guess, through sources that they they really are not willing to work with him until they know for sure that he's going to be, you know, on the up and up, which he can only prove, you know, through time. So that brings me to my next question, guys. Um, how long do you think it'll be before some kind of issue arises when it comes with punk and I'm talking about real issues, not like, you know, a work or anything like that. I mean, like rumblings backstage and he's up to his old shit. We'll start with you this time, Adam. Uh, before I answer that, I, I, I've been dying to ask both of you since this happened is the Seth Rollins reaction the, the stuff with Michael Cole. Is that the beginning of a program? Cause I kind of, I kind of, I believe so going that way. I believe so. I think yeah, I, I mean, think it, I, he did think, an amazing job of looking pissed off and furious. He was there. Well, I'm sure that I'm Bobby, sure I'm sure some of that was genuine because you know, he was Ra- pro- Ra- yeah, yeah. Rollins has made no bones that he does not like CM Punk. So I'm sure I'm sure while it may have been a work to set up a program, a lot of that I think was coming honestly. That's kind of what I thought. Bob made mention earlier of uh, you know Bret Hart, and this feud has the potential to be exactly like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels in that time frame. Uh, Seth Rollins is a company guy, works his ass off, wrestles every week pretty much, and CM Punk just rolls in when he wants, uh, kind of deal, doesn't work all the time, has backstage issues with people, so... Uh, it certainly will prove to be an interesting feud. Uh, to answer your question, I think we're going to get uh, to WrestleMania. Okay. Um, again, I think so long as, as that's the direction they go, because I think Seth, above all, will be a professional. So I think if that's the match they have lined up for them at WrestleMania, I think it'll go great. Um but I think the waters will start to murky after that, um, especially if you get him in. Obviously, Seth Rollins is your world champion, but if you if you get him in a feud with someone like Roman 
um, where he kind of skips the line, or you have you know a guy like Cody who you know they're you're been building up this uh, you know finishing the story storyline, and he kind of jumps the line and gets the shot at Roman instead. Then I think you're going to have some issues, and then there's going to be a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of tension. Uh, so I will say uh, between WrestleMania and SummerSlam. Okay. How about you, Bob? I think he'll last. I think he knows that um, there's not a lot of options besides TNA Impact, and I don't think a lot of people want to go to TNA Impact. Um, <laughs> so this is your this is your your last shot. Um, I think things soured in AEW, and AEW tried their best to make it work for him. I mean, they gave the guy his own fucking show on Fridays, exactly. and they let him bring whoever he wanted over there and do what he wanted to do uh, Saturdays, whatever day uh, Collision's on. They let him bring, you know, all of his friends over and have who he wanted, and, they, you know, they catered to him so much over there, and it just, it just soured. But now there's no one that's going to be catering to you here in the WWE because everyone, you know, has their own ego and, and, and it's from, from the very beginning, it's always been a cutthroat business from the Hogan times and, and times before it's just, everyone's out for themselves. It's a wrestling business. It's, it's a business to make money. And at the end of his very crappy promo that he came back on, on Monday night, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. You know, that you're here to make money. And Seth Rollins is probably going to be your first major feud. Uh, I see that as WrestleMania uh, between those two. And people are going to be very interested in that match because they're going to feel like the result of Survivor Series at the end where he was flipping them off and pissed off. And the comments he's made in the past in interviews, they're going to feel like it's legit, you know, issues between the two. Whether it be storyline or not, it's just that's what you want to see. So that's where you're going to, you know, pop that feud towards. And, and you know, people are going to be interested in seeing that match. Where it goes from there after that, I don't know. But I feel like he'll be in there for, for the long run. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From what has been told, I guess his contract is for multiple years. Um, I don't know if they, they said exactly how many. Um but I think if they were smart, they would use Punk <clears throat> kind of the way that they use Lesnar now, where at, where he comes in for like a month or two, does his thing, and then he goes away for a while. You know, I think that Punk, like Lesnar, I think is better um, as a special attraction than as a full-time guy, because at this point, if, if there was anything that his time in the AEW proved, um, he's still capable of doing a really great match. You know, his Doc Collar match with MJF proved that even the last match he had with Samoa Joe at all in was really good, but also it proved that his body can't do it anymore. He's 45 years old. He was injured multiple times, long-term, in the short time he was with AEW, um, yeah, he just doesn't have it in him now to uh, to be on the road and be in the ring full time anymore. So, yeah, 
I think if Triple H uses him correctly, it would be in the way that they use Brock, where he'll come in for the big shows, not the big show, but the big shows, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, those shows come in, do his thing, and then after he's done, he goes away for a while, and then he'll come back. Um, I think if they if they adhere to that, then there should be no problem. Because also, if he's if he's backstage as the least amount of time as possible, there's less amount of a possibility of shit bubbling over as well. So you know you know how he is. You got to keep the guy happy in order for him to produce. So yeah. There you go. But, Bob, our next topic, you, you mentioned it, um, was his promo at the end of this past week's Raw, which a lot of people were excited for. I know the IWC was like, oh, shit, is he going to do a pipe bomb on AEW? What the hell's going to happen? No, that didn't happen. And if, you know, if you – I was trying to tell people that if you think that After what happened in AEW and the way the firing went and everything, if you think that he didn't sign an NDA, you're fucking insane. You know, Tony Khan was not going to let him go and give him carte blanche to just fucking trash him however he went. What probably happened was he got fired, but in exchange for probably the remainder of his contract, he had to have signed an NDA to say that, you know, I'm not allowed to say what my take on whatever went down. So anybody who was watching that promo to see a pipe bomb were sorely disappointed because that didn't happen. AEW nor Tony Khan ever crossed his lips. What did cross his lips, when I watched it, I was like, dude, this is exactly almost point for point the promo he did when he came to AEW. You know, it's like you, the fans, you didn't forget about me, but it's like, dude, it's the same fucking promo. And then I'm sorry when he did like, I'm home. My eyes rolled back so far. I could see the back of my skull. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I'm home. Bullshit. You know, I hope. Who do you think fed him that line? Yeah. No, no shit. You know, and you know what? I, I, I kind of thought, hey, you know what? This is kind of justice. This is like a like a Vic Mackey uh, moment for <laughs> nice for uh, for um, tr- CM Punk because now he's back in WWE making big money, but now he has to he he has to do a desk job now. <laughs> he has to he has, a beautiful analogy. He, he he has to read the uh, prepared promos and he has to kiss ass and all this other kind of shit. Um, so. And and you know what? Triple H would be fucking petty enough to do that too. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh it it was just, you know, it was kind of a meh. You know, especially since they they uh saved it for like the end of the three hours of Raw and everybody's like, That's that's that was it, you know? Okay, whatever. Uh, what was your guys' reaction to the promo when when you finally saw it? How, Bob, we'll start with you. I watched Raw and I felt like they kept hyping it up, like you said, like it was, you know, it's a must watch. He's back, he's back home. Um, you know, they're hyping it up like crazy, and 
I felt like they wanted him to swing for the fences and he only hit a single. It, um, I laughed today because I, I read an interview with Booker T where he just said how uh, Booker T was saying how the Punk was just so emotional during this promo and you could tell that it was heartfelt and he even choked up and how great it was. And I was just like, I don't, I don't think you and I watched the same promo because like you said, <laughs> yeah. it felt like it was, I felt like it was very, very scripted. Um, yeah. It felt, I was at the both of CM Punk's returns here in Chicago for AEW. Um, you know, I, I was sitting there when he, he had his very first promo and he, he bought me an ice cream and he said, I'm home. And he talked about the last time he enjoyed wrestling was leaving ring of honor. And he never mentioned the WWE at all. And, and, and now, you know, um, he comes back and, and like you said, he, he, even that time, Oh, I, it was you guys that missed me. You guys kept calling me and now I'm back for you guys. And then I was back at the the second time he came back when he injured himself and when he made his uh, his comments about the Young Bucks and everyone in the back and all that other fun stuff that he did. And I was just like, all right, cool, you know. But I felt like this was just very, very scripted. And then they kept saying afterwards, well, his promo time was cut because, you know, the main event kind of overlapped and uh, he, he was cut for time, but he was begging the fans, Oh, you know, please be here for me. And, and, and I just can't wait to wrestle for you guys. And then at the very end, he's just like, Oh, by the way, I'm not here to make friends. Uh, I'm here for the money. And it's just like, well, you kind of just contradicted your entire promo. Yeah. <laughs> and they asked Tony Khan afterwards, what he thought about the promo and Tony Khan, like you mentioned earlier, he said, we have a non-disclosure agreement where neither of us can talk about each other. Um, so there's nothing I can say about him, and he, there's nothing he can say about us. And, and then he changed the subject, which is the smartest thing he could do, because if he did not do that, then I would be, you know, petty as fuck, and I'd be like, I'd tell Triple H, okay, you know, if I was Triple H, I'd tell Punk, go out there with the AEW belt that you still have, that you never lost, you wear it to the ring, and, and you know, you step on it, and you say, fuck this belt, and you do whatever the hell you want to it, because it's a shit company, according to you, and now you no longer work for them. But obviously, he couldn't do that. So uh, that's why we kind of got this big old watered down promo, not this pipe bomb. And I don't think we're going to get a pipe bomb from Mister Mister Phil Brooks anytime soon because he's going to be on uh, walking on eggshells for a little bit of time. Yeah, he's going to be on his best behavior. Uh, how about you, Adam? What's your thought on the promo? I uh, I happen to be in front of the TV. I get again. I'm, I, I'm sure it sounds like I'm slamming WWE. I understand why they held off, but uh, I, I had my face glued to the TV at seven o'clock uh, for the first time. I don't know how long. I, I figured they'd kick off with it, but they didn't. They said, "Oh, later on." I said, "Okay, they're going to drag this out to the end." And then I got busy uh, doing other things, so I read the transcript later. And I guess I hadn't taken the NDA into consideration, uh, but it makes perfect sense, obviously. And then again, I, yeah, I agree with Bob with it being contradictory um, in terms of, you know, um, one minute, oh, it's all, I'm home. It's all about you guys. I miss this place. And, and then he says the exact opposite at the end of the promo. Um, so it's like you don't really know where he's going. You know, is is he the 
lovable, uh, everything's wonderful baby face he was when he came back to AEW. Are, are we going the same route with this? Or but the, or are you going to go heel and go, I'm only here to make money. So I guess, obviously, it's only the first week. You got to see where it plays out. So, but it it was, yeah, the, the, that's a good analogy, too, with the uh, swinging for a homer and hitting a single. It was, uh, it was an infield dribbler uh past the pitcher that died at third base um again i get it um he can't he i don't know though i mean i i I feel if you wanted to though maybe you would maybe you know if you're if you're going that route with seth rollins why not tear into him a little bit you know you're not you're not confined by that or somebody else you know to make some waves with the people you're going to be working with I think that might have been a better route to take. I mean, you don't have to pretend like they're Hangman Adam Page, but you can say a few things to ruffle a few feathers. Don't call him the headed fox, but, you know, say a couple things. To who, who, can't, who, who, can't, who can't run a target. Uh, right. Yeah. I, I mean, I eventually the time will come, you know, if, if it is indeed a program with him and, and Rollins, you know, I, I think they weren't going to they weren't going to do that the first week out, especially at the end of the show, because if they overran it, then they just wouldn't have had the time. But for his first major promo um, back, it just, it, it left you wanting, you know, that's basically what it was. I would have been cool if uh, Seth interrupted it. That would have been cool. Even, yeah. And, and maybe, maybe, maybe tomorrow on raw, you know, the, they will have Seth interrupt shit. You never know. It's worth checking out, and that's the big thing. That's why you bring Punk in, because you're going to watch to see what the fuck is going to happen. Like him or not, the guy is a draw. Did you see Seth Third Raw earlier? When he had his his, uh, promo and and McIntyre came out? No, I didn't didn't get a chance to see that. So so Seth Rollins came out maybe at the beginning of the second hour, or maybe the third hour, and First thing he said when he got in the ring is, I'm not going to talk about that hypocrite that wants to come back into our company, so don't even bother asking me questions about him. Mm -hmm. And then he starts talking about how he's going to have a match on Raw for the title, which is going to be tomorrow. And McIntyre comes out and says, all right, I want a match against you. He's like, actually, no, I'm not wrestling you. I'm wrestling Jey Uso for the belt. So he's going to be wrestling Uso for the belt tomorrow, but he... uh, he did call out Punk at the very beginning and said he wants nothing to do with him. So it kind of furthers along the storyline of it, but it's not directly feeding it to you right at the moment. Yeah. And he did he did say something about it, too, at a house show. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he said something yeah. along the lines like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to waste my time talking about a guy who spent the last, like, 10 years talking shit about, you know, this company or what, something like that. I don't know. Um. All I will say is, you know, it definitely adds an extra wrinkle into the wrestling world. I think all this fury uh, will settle down eventually. I think AEW will go on doing what it's doing. WWE will go on doing what it's doing. Um, What I did learn throughout this whole week is I'm just done interacting with the IWC. I'm... It's just it's unbearable anymore. It is. I I I I am not doing it because it's just not worth it. It's <laughs> it's 
I swear to God, it's like trying to talk wrestling with a bunch of uh, things I can't say. You know, just things I can't say. Um, Why, do you have an NDA with them? No, no, but, you know, if I do say if I do say it, I might have to sign one. But, um, but yeah, it's just the half the half brains that, you know, go on these message boards and talk. And and also like stuff like like you said, Bob, about comments like from guys like Booker T. Um, we all know Booker T's a company guy. He's gonna say whatever he, he does to inflate WWE, but he also said something along the lines of, Well, I don't think AEW can go into Chicago anymore now that this is done. It's like, dude, mm-hmm. they just had a show in Chicago. <laughs> you know, literally two days before Punk came back. You know, AEW has it had a strong as hell base in Chicago before Punk came back, and it's going to have one after. It hit, you know, a lot of people tend to overestimate the hold that CM Punk has in Chicago. Sure, he's a hometown boy, and there's a lot of fans here who who love him, but there's just as many people who would rather see him just fucking go away um, here in Chicago. And I think a lot of those people, um, you know, they're not going to follow him over to WWE because they just, they're they're sick of it. I mean, the main sentiment with people in AEW, like AEW fans who were, you know, uh, you know, following the whole thing after Punk got fired was just relief because now finally the drama's over and, you know, that exhausting shit you don't have to deal with it anymore so i think like you know engaging with the iwc and having to deal with all that shit i've just you know i'm done i'm I'm not doing it anymore and you know this just 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 prove that you know it's just bad for your health to interact with these people it really is well you know as an AEW fan uh, this whole situation reminds me of, um, you know, obviously it's a loss from a drawing standpoint. It's a big name. But at the same time, all, all, all the grief he caused, uh, this whole situation reminded me of when um, Lex Luger left uh, w, uh, WE to go to WCW, do that first Nitro in the middle of the night. And uh, I remember Bruce Pritchard telling a story about uh, Pat Patterson letting him know what had happened. And he said, well, he's their problem now. Yeah. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I would do if, if you're an AEW fan. Yeah. And there's, and, and you know what? There's nothing wrong. Look, there's punk fans out there. I, I still enjoy seeing CM Punk in the ring and on the mic. I never like rid him off really. And I'm interested in seeing what he's going to do in the future. But, you know, you have to admit that he and AEW, when you look at it in retrospect, it just wasn't a good fit. You know, it just wasn't a good fit. And now he's back in WWE and we'll see if he still can function there. Well, I don't know. It's, it's up in the air, you know, as a wrestling fan and to keep things interesting, I hope it works out, but you know, you never know when it comes to Phil Brooks, man, things can, topple at any given point um so how about this guys to close out the CM Punk news no go ahead go ahead yeah 
I my problem with 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 what Adam said with Lex Luger comparing him kind of the to CM Punk in that situation is after maybe even during the time when he was doing the Lex Express and the fighting Yoko and then suddenly leaving and showing up on Nitro, Lex Luger really didn't sell out buildings. People didn't want to go see a Lex Luger match. No one wanted to hear Lex Luger on the mic. No one wanted to see him really wrestle. That's just a complete opposite of CM Punk. I mean, they teased the possibility of him being at the United Center, and that place sold out in minutes. Yeah, and then you have you hand CM Punk. We the three of us waited three hours to see what he had to say on Nitro a week ago, or on, on Monday Night Raw a week ago. And, and you know, people want to hear what the man has to say. People want to see his matches because that our Tony mentioned earlier. You know, Samoa Joe, MJF, the guy could still wrestle. It's just like, I mean, we we were at the last AEW pay per view here. And, you know, the crowd was still chanting for him. Yeah, and there was a shit ton of people trying to boo him out and phase him out. And they were doing the same thing at Survivor Series, too. They were chanting for CM Punk's name, and then they would start booing him because you would hear it during the whole pay-per-view if you watched it. But then when he actually finally came out, the whole place went apeshit. And it's just like the the guy still has a name no matter where it is. And that's the biggest thing about him. Is it, I think it's a huge loss for AEW because, yeah, I mean, you just mentioned it earlier, too. He's still the fucking top, you know, um, merchandise guy moving stuff. So it's just, it's, it's definitely a huge loss. How AEW responds from it, it's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, could it be finally, okay, let's merge and bond over this if, with him leaving so that way we can, you know, get stronger as a company? Hopefully that's the goal because, you know, you want to see all these companies. Uh, continue to succeed, especially as a wrestling fan. But it's definitely a huge, huge, huge loss for AEW just because of who it is. Yeah, I mean that that's that's not. I, I think that's inarguable. You know, the guy was your top merch seller. He was your top needle mover. And but I, you know, like we said before. Tony Khan and AEW tried their best to make him happy and nothing worked. So he just wasn't a good fit. And while it's a big loss for them, I think in the long run, it, they'll be better served because now they can just close the door on it and be like, okay, it's over. It's time to move on. Let's do what we want to do instead of catering to this guy because he's our top merch seller and our top needle mover, you know? So I think Tony Khan, you know, he lost a lot of people backstage. I think when he catered so much to punk, I think that it's time for him now to win, win it back and show, Hey, that's over. It's done with let's move on for the betterment of the company. I think this is, this could be a really important time. Uh, in the growth and uh, progress of AEW, and that's what I was alluding to. It's it, it, it certainly is a loss, and I'm not trying to say that CM Punk is on the same level as Lex Luger, but but yeah, it's it's about the baggage. It's like, well, you don't have to deal with the baggage anymore, like you just said. It's just hit the reset button and 
and yeah. go forward. I mean, that's all you can do at this home. point. That's all you can do. So, you know, hey, we'll see how it goes. Like I said, I, I don't see Punk, you know, being full-time, being on the road, being at house shows, being on the road for, like, you know, close to 300 days a year, like like back in the day. I think he's going to be definitely a part-time guy. Um, and we'll see how it goes moving forward. You know, it's it definitely makes things interesting. And if you're a pure wrestling fan, like I said, if you're a real wrestling fan, a guy who doesn't pick sides, who wants both companies to succeed, because if both companies are succeeding, then wrestling is, is succeeding. You want to see this work out, you know? So anybody, anybody who's, you know, using this as like a ammunition to be like, oh, one side sucks more than the other and this such and such is going to go out of business. You're, you're not a wrestling fan. You're, you're a doofus, you know? So yeah, I think that this is just going to be, uh, just add to the intrigue and add to the betterment of, uh, of, of wrestling. So hopefully going forward, that's going to be the case. Um, one more thing I want to ask you guys, uh, and then we'll go on to our, our topic this week. Um, when it comes to the IWC, where do you think this whole AEW versus WWE, like our camp versus their camp thing grew from? I have a theory, and I want to know if you guys agree with it. Um, when it comes to um, this generation of wrestling fans, especially the ones who are, you know, picking sides between AEW and WWE, a lot of the WWE side fans are not old enough to remember when there was actual competition to the WWE. You know, I think that, you know, a lot of them are like maybe in their early 20s, you know, early to mid 20s, maybe even 30. Um and they don't really remember WCW. They don't really remember ECW. They don't remember a time when you had choices um, in wrestling. They they grew up watching WWE, and WWE was all they had. And now I think if they, they look at a thing like AEW as um, not just competition, but something threatening the status quo and threatening the product that they grew up with and they're taking umbrage with it that much that they want to see it fail. Whereas people our age who do remember WCW and do remember ECW really want competition that we want another option to, 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 to watch because honestly in the 20 years before AEW where there was nothing other than WWE to watch, it got real stale and real bad. So having competition just makes everything better. So I just want to know, what what do you think is the major catalyst for, for all this? Bob, let's start with you. I think you hit it on the head. The, the age factor, and I'll give you a perfect example. Um, Survivor Series was here in Chicago. My wife is a teacher, and her students were saying how some of them were at Survivor Series. And she says, oh, were you as excited to see CM Punk as my husband was? Because he, he was pretty excited about that. And they said, who? And she says, <laughs> CM Punk, he came back. 
And they said, no, Randy Orton came back. And she goes, yeah, but CM Punk came back also. And they had no idea who he was. And it's just, like you said, you hit it on the head. I talked to a couple patients of mine and the very same thing. Oh, I, I really don't remember when CM Punk was with the WWE. So I, I just remember him from AEW. And it's just like, I think the age difference has a huge, huge thing to do with it. And I think if you kind of go back in time, um, Adam alludes to it a lot when, uh, during our past shows. He was always a WWE guy. He never watched WCW when he was younger. You know, like he was always just stick to that. Um, you know, and, and I, I would watch both, but I was always the WWE guy over WCW as well because, you know, you had your Hulk Hogan's, your Macho Man's, your Ultimate Warrior, and you're like, well, who the hell is Sting? Who the hell's, you know, Ric Flair? I, I, I don't see them on, on superstars in the morning, you know? So it's just like, when, you know, they weren't Vince's creations. That's how we kind of were back in the day. And now, you know, I feel like a lot of it is the same thing. The WWE is your only choice. You know, TNA Impact, I mentioned them earlier, not to rat on, like, rag on them. But during that time when they had no competition, TNA really wasn't competition for a lot, a lot of it. You know, a lot of those guys, no, they weren't. it's kind of. It's kind of how everything is now with AEW. A lot of those guys were from the WWE, you know, Booker T and Scott Steiner and Kevin Nash and Kurt Angle. And, you know, they were over there and um, kind of like how AEW was doing with a lot of the guys that they have on the roster now. And it's just, you know, you, you really didn't want to watch that. So I feel like a lot of it is, um, you know, we, we grew up on WWE. This is what we had. And, and you don't want someone to come in on the territory where those that, were around during the WCW, the ECW um, days. It's like, like you said, the competition thrives. And I mean, that's what builds storylines. That's what makes you want to watch wrestling, the shocking appearances of, hey, what the hell is that guy doing in your company? I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I still remember the Monday Night Wars when the NWO came out and every week you had a different guy coming out and you're like, holy shit. One week you see Raven sitting in the front row of WCW Nitro and you're like, what the fuck's he doing there? You know, because we didn't have the Internet to spoil a lot of that stuff for us. And hey, uh, you know, Ted DiBiase is going to be front row handing out dollars on Nitro tonight. You know, you must watch this. Like n- none of us knew. So you had to watch it. And it's just like that's what I loved about wrestling back in the days is all the different competition makes you step up your game like you called yeah well how about you adam what do you think uh the impetus for all this tribalism is yeah i agree with a lot of what both of you said um as bob mentioned you know i i look back um and yeah i was i was dying the world wwe coincidentally i was in my late teens early 20s and I'm like, oh, WCWs, especially when they started the Monday. Not so much. I'd casually watch WCW when I get a chance, but WWF was my product of choice. But then when the Monday Night War started, yeah, I was just, I was just like these whippersnappers. I'm like, oh, how dare they get, uh, you know, Hall? How dare they get Nash? Well, they're stealing all the talent, and uh, da, 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 da. and you know what? I missed out on some great shit because of it. You know, like. You have to go back. You know, obviously they screwed the pooch, but that those eighty-three weeks uh, were not a, a, of uh, consecutive wins were not a coincidence. You just you had all these guys coming over. They had a great storyline of you know we're here to take over, um, and they even tied it to the WWE loosely. You know, we came from you know Hogan said it in his promo when he turned heel. Uh, I, you know, I came from up north and, and all this, and I'm going to ruin this pissant little company. And it was, it was a great angle until they started making terrible booking decisions. So, 
yeah, it's like uh, I feel bad I missed out on it just because just because I had to keep. I felt like I was betraying Vince McMahon somehow. I'm like like he gives a fuck whether I betray him or not, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. And I think yeah, that's that's what's going on here partially, and uh, it's, it's stuff like that. And it's like it's good to have a choice. Like there's somebody I don't know because I was reading stuff back and forth. Somebody said you know look, you know, WWF is more of a story-driven company with wrestling in it, and AEW is more of a wrestling company with with some, you know, it's not like they're all wrestling because, you know, the Tony Storm stuff is not wrestling. <laughs> no, and they do have good storylines in AEW. And, yeah, but what I'm saying, you know, but, but it's like there's, there's, you know, you have different flavors, you know, what I mean. And yeah. you had that back in the day too. You know, ECW. If you really wanted to go hardcore, you had them. You know, WWF was kind of in the middle, and then you had your more PG friendly. WCWs your more PG friendly. So yeah, you know. I mean, I mean the the main thing is you know, in three hours of Raw, you may get a half hour, maybe forty five minutes of your if you're lucky of actual wrestling out of that three hours. Whereas, you know, Dynamite, <clears throat> out of two hours, probably like an hour and a half of it is wrestling. And the other half hour is, you know, people talking and setting up storylines. So, yeah, it's just the mirror opposites of each other. And it's personal preference to what you prefer. You know, I I don't mind either. You know, if, if you tell me what my preference is, of course, I'm going to value re- wrestling more over storylines because talking 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 without wrestling to me is just like okay when's something going to happen you know whereas i can actually watch a match and be entertained on top of you know storyline so yeah if you ask me what my preference is at the moment it's AEW because they cater to what i like more as a product but that doesn't mean I hate WWE. It's quite the opposite. I enjoy WWE. They just serve a different purpose. You know, and I think that's what people need to understand. There's something out there for everybody. It doesn't make the, it doesn't make the, the opposite or the competition bad and in need of being taken out of business. You know, there's enough for everybody. If Bob alluded to TNA earlier, um, I think where they took a terrible turn you know, again, um, you know, you know bringing Hogan, <laughs> bringing Hogan in and Bishop. That's where I was going, dude. Yeah. Uh, you know, you had like th- think about what an awesome match that that was on paper back in the day. Like the, the peak probably would be Kurt Angle against Samoa Joe. That's a fucking awesome match, just waiting to happen. Oh well, yeah, and, and you had AJ, AJ Styles at his peak back then too. Yeah, you had guys like that, and then you bring in fucking Bischoff. And fucking Russo and fucking Hogan, and uh, they they try to do what the WWE is doing. And again, the WWE has been doing it <laughs> for what fifty more years, and they know yeah. how to. You know, you're not going to beat them at their own game. Well, that's and, nor, Dick, nor really Dick, should you because well, we, we Dick, played that game already, and we know yeah. who won. So. You know, they have alternatives because, yeah, I prefer the matches to to all the talking. So that's why I gravitate to AEW. But, you know, somebody's watching WWE and that's their bag, then more power to you. I don't think you're an idiot. Yeah. 
Well, we'll leave it at that. You know, we'll see how the whole CM Punk thing resolves itself over time. Of course, we'll we'll comment on it as it goes. And we'll also talk about the ongoing uh, tournament that's going on in AEW as it's going. You know, the, the Continental uh, tournament that's going on in AEW. It's kind of their version of the G1, which I'm enjoying. You know, I don't know if you guys have been watching uh, Dynamite. Collision and Rampage. But yes, I have been as well. Yeah. I have to watch the collision matches. But yeah, I think do, them doing their own version of the G1 and having it last all the way up until uh, this World's End uh, event that's going to be coming on, I think is really smart. And they, they should make it an annual thing like uh, like they do with the G1 tournament. So um, yeah, I think AEW is clearly going its own way and doing what they're doing. WWE is doing the same. We'll see how it goes. So, yeah, there we go. That's our news section for this week. Uh, as far as the topic at hand this week, I uh, figured we um, might do an, like kind, kind of a new segment. I call it yay or nay. Um, what I, what I kind of, you know, if we do this kind of thing again, what I aim to do it is, you know how we do top 10 lists on the show? Uh, the internet is full of their own top 10 lists when it comes to wrestling. So I figured in, you know, whenever we do one of these yay or nay segments, I'll just grab a random list off the internet and we'll talk about it and see if we agree with it or not. This particular list that I grabbed is comes from Bleacher Report. And they give their top 10 overrated wrestlers of all time. Um, so, yeah, I'll go over this list um, and we will talk about it and see if we agree or not. Uh, just just to let you know, this particular list uh, came out in 2009, so it might be a little dated. Mm. But um, it's still a list of their top 10 overrated wrestlers at that point. So we can still comment on it. All right. You guys ready? Yep. All right. So number 10 on their list of the top 10 overrated wrestlers of all time is Marcus Buff Bagwell. Um, Here, and I'll read what they have to say about Buff Bagwell in their argument. It says, Buff Bagwell seemed to have everything needed to be a superstar in the wrestling industry. He was fairly charismatic, had pretty decent mic skills, had a good build, and could work a pretty decent match. However, he never advanced past the level of a mid-carder. The problem with Bagwell was his attitude, which was at best juvenile and at worst horrible. Behind the scenes, he was a notorious asshole who refused a job to certain wrestlers and was abusive to nearly everyone he encountered. You can get by with this behavior when you're an established main event talent. However, as an up-and-coming performer, you will quickly find yourself buried in the mid-card or out of the mainstream business altogether. Those are two fates that Bagwell has experienced personally. So that's what they had to say about Bagwell. So... Let's get the vote, gentlemen. Um, yay or nay, do you find uh, Buff Bagwell to be one of the 10 most overrated wrestlers of all time? Let's start with you, Bob. I'd definitely put him on the list. Um, Buff Bagwell had the look. He, he 
he was just he had the uh, uh, frame for wrestling. Um, like you said, he had a lot, a ton of charisma. Um, I wouldn't say he had that many great matches. I mean, he was a tag team specialist the beginning half of his career. I think he won the WCW title maybe four or five times, but he never carried a singles belt. Um, and I think it, it was until he hit the NWO where he just became the highly overrated wrestler for me. I think he he was that uh, obnoxious Jersey Shore douchebag you just wanted to hate um, before Jersey Show was even a show. You know, like it was just like he was just uh, he had that perfect amount of douchebaggery uh, <laughs> confirmed with him. And like you said, uh, just um, I think because he thought he was in with everybody in the NWO, he thought he didn't have to work as hard and everything would be handed to him. And, um, you know, for some reason, people liked him, but I never understood the reason why. I think other I mean, if Buff Bagwell looked like Disco Inferno, I don't think uh, a lot of people would really remember him that much. Yeah. Oh, and, and one more question that we'll that we'll have as when you guys are talking. Would you put him in your own personal top 10 overrated list? Bob, I think you said you would, right? He'd be in my top 10 probably. Okay. Now, Adam, how about you? Your feelings on Buff Bagwell? Yay, I think he, yay or nay, was he overrated? Definitely a yay. Um, I'm probably uh, just off the top of my head, I'd probably, I wouldn't have him top five, but I could see him being in five through ten territory. Um. Yeah. The, the, you know, it's funny. We, we reviewed two WCW pay per views that were about five years apart uh, on past episodes. As Bob mentioned, he was a tag team specialist. Like, you know, him and Scorpio were a team, for instance. And I, I mean, of course, you team with Scorpio, you got to look good. But at the same time, you know, he held his own and he was entertaining enough, and you know, he he could work decent. And yeah, he had the look, but yeah, by the time, you know, we talked just about how horribly and painfully and torturous it was to watch that match with uh, Rick versus Scott Steiner and him <laughs> faking the injury. Just for that alone, he should be on the list because it was horrible acting. And like Bob said, he was in the NWO, but uh, he had no purpose. He was just, to me, he was just one of those also rands like Vincent or uh, VK Wall Street or Scott Norton or or uh, the fake sting, you know, he's just the B squad. And uh, what what makes it even worse is, you know, you would have figured because you only got a handful of contracts inherited when WWF bought WCW that he'd be in that upper echelon, but he he shat the bed in his match with Booker T. And then then he had his mother uh, call him in sick for work the next week. Uh, So, um, you know, I don't think any Hall of Fame wrestlers had their mothers call call them in sick to work, even if they were hanging from a pole once uh, in a match. So, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely yay. And, yeah, I'd say he'd he'd be in the top ten. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree that he's overrated. Um, You know, he, he, while never, you know, a main event guy, like like the article says, he was a a mid-carder. Um, he did acquit himself pretty nicely as a tag team performer and, again, as a member of the NWO. Um, but his name got really big somehow. Um, like, in the WCW days, he got to be a known name, 
and he didn't really do much to earn that. <laughs> so, yeah, he would definitely be overrated. Um, I don't think I'd put him in my top 10, though, because to be in my top 10, there has to be people, in my opinion, who swear by you, who who you're like, oh, he's my favorite wrestler. And you turn around and he's like, nah, this guy kind of sucks. Um, I've never heard anybody in my life say that Buff Bagwell is their favorite wrestler. I've never even heard anybody in my life like go and say, oh, my God, did you see that Buff Bagwell match? It was amazing. You know, never heard that. So while he's overrated, I don't think I'd put him in my top ten. He'd, he'd be like, you know, he wouldn't he wouldn't be worthy of a top ten overrated list. That's how bad I thought he was. So, yeah, Buff Bagwell was number 10 on this Bleacher Report, and we're all in agreement that he is indeed overrated. Um, Let's move to number nine on Bleacher Report's list. Number nine is Greg Gagne. (laughs) (laughs) And here's what they have to say about Greg Gagne. There's no denying the fact that in terms of technical wrestling, Greg Gagne is very, very good. However, he simply lacked the charisma to carry a promotion. Imagine if Shelton Benjamin or Lance Storm was the cornerstone of a major promotion. And they never would have done and he never would have done so had it not been for nepotism. Gagne's father ran the AWA and always had a spot at the top of the card for his son, who was pushed to the hilt over bigger draws like Hulk Hogan and Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning even though he was never capable of carrying a promotion. In the end, Gagne should probably be discussed in the same sentence as a guy like Dean Malenko, and his ability is tarnished by the fact that his father gave him a task that he was unfit to carry out. I have a problem with that uh, last part. Greg Gagne was nowhere near the wrestler Dean Malenko was. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think this, this article gave too much credit for Greg Gagne's uh, in-ring abilities. Greg Gagne, make no mistake about it, he was a sound wrestler. He, he, you know, he he knew how to do a match, but he wasn't fucking Dean Malenko out there. Um, was great. Here, I'll, I'll start this one off. Was Greg Gagne overrated? Yes, definitely. Uh, the way that the way that Vern Gagne pushed him in AWA, he was not worthy of that distinction at all. Greg Gagne was, you know, if Terry if Terry Taylor was vanilla as fuck, Greg Gagne is like double vanilla as fuck. Um wow. Seriously, I mean, dude, he, he you know, and and he's another one like Buff Bagwell who is better served as a as a tag team wrestler than a solo star. Um but his dad kept on putting him out there. Um so they'd have that right. There was definitely nepotism involved. Um, would I put Greg Gagne in my top 10 overrated? Uh, he, I, I, I don't think so. I, I, maybe he'd be up there, but I, I, I don't think I'd put him in my top 10. He's not like, like Buff Bagwell. He just, he doesn't register enough into the public psyche to be that overrated to be in the top 10. Uh, Adam, how about you? What are your thoughts on Greg Gagne? Yeah, I'm right with you. Except I don't know if he's quite 
to say you're twice as boring as Terry Taylor, that that's a tall task. <laughs> so I don't know. You might have overshot that, but I agree with everything else. Yeah, definitely nepotism name, at okay. work. Okay, name one exciting thing Greg Gagne ever did. Well, name one exciting thing Terry Taylor ever did. The fucking rooster thing was at least... That wasn't exciting. It was interesting compared to fucking Greg Gagne's career. <laughs> shit. He's a special ref for the Rick Flair, yes. Rick Flair. That's oh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah, he threw you... Yeah, okay. Yeah, what a load of he is out there. Anyway, <laughs> um... Yeah, I I wouldn't put him in my top 10 because just like you said perfectly, uh, he doesn't register enough in my my consciousness. Um, You know, if you hadn't brought him up, I wouldn't have thought of him honestly. But I definitely feel he's overrated. And and yes, unfortunately, that that, uh, the Ganyas weren't the only ones in Bill Watts (laughs) who pushed their own sons uh, unnecessarily. so, you know, but yeah, to make him champion and as, as mentioned in the article, you know, you had young Hogan, charismatic as hell, yet Kurt Henning, one of the best all around wrestlers there ever was in your company. You got guys like Rick Martell, Sergeant Slaughter, you know, totally, totally uh not deserving of that spot. And yeah, yeah, way too high up the AW card AWA card, and you could argue that's one reason they didn't stick around. Yep. So, yeah, definitely overrated, but, yeah, I wouldn't put him in my top ten. All right. How about you, Bob? Terry Taylor also wrestled at WrestleMania. Well, see? See? Greg Gagne five. never did that shit. WrestleMania 5, Bobby Heenan, greatest manager Heenan of all time. He was match. there with him. Um, Greg Gagne, overrated, yes. Uh, would I put him in my top ten? No. Um, it's not his fault that his dad kept pushing him to the sky. Um, I mean, Adam just mentioned the Watts kids, uh, the Von Erics we talk about all the time, you know, um, Jeff Jarrett, that was another one. I mean, these people just, uh, you know, they, they want to push their kids and make their kids succeed in their company and, and, but like I, I totally agree with you, Tony, in the fact of putting him in the same sentence as a Shelton Benjamin who had athleticism, you know, just dripping off of him. Lance Storm, who could wrestle a match blindfolded if he wanted to, as well as Dean Malenko. They should never even put them yeah. him in the same sentence as those gentlemen. Um, yeah, he, he was definitely overrated. Um, I can't say I've ever recalled watching a Greg Gagne match that I'm like, holy shit, I need to rewatch that match again. Um, but I wouldn't put him on my top ten. So. All right. So there we go. We're all in agreement. Greg Gagne, definitely overrated. All right. <laughs> Let's get to number eight on our list. Uh, Bob, you just mentioned him because number eight is where, where, where? Jeff Jarrett. Coming in at number eight, uh, here's what they have to say about uh, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, nobody can deny that Double J is not at least a good worker in the ring and also a solid heel. However, he's a lesser wrestler, and everything he's achieved in the business has been through both nepotism and politics. 
Uh, Jarrett should have never been more than a solid mid-card performer. However, he got a major push early in his career in the old Memphis territory as the successor of Jerry Lawler's throne because his dad was the promoter and owner of the company. In WWE and WCW, he was pushed nonstop because he developed a friendship with Vince Russo. And without Russo's friendship giving him a spot at the top of the card, his dad started another promotion in TNA just to push his son. The sad thing is that as much as Jarrett is pushed, the fans never bought Jeff Jarrett as a main eventer or a championship caliber wrestler at that. So there we go. Do you agree? Was Je- is Jeff Jarrett overrated and is he in your top 10? Let's start with you, Adam. I think the, the, what they had to say hit it completely out of the park. Home run. Um, uh, yes, overrated. And yes, I'd, I'd probably put him in the top 10. It, had he not had TNA, he probably would have stayed out of my top 10. You know, uh, WWE used him pretty well. You know, he was Intercontinental Champion several times. Doesn't bother me. He was never a main eventer. And WCW, he wasn't the first time around, but yeah, the the Russo connection, big problem. And then yeah, um, I wouldn't. I don't know if Jerry Jarrett invested money in a promotion just to make his son a big star. That's a lot of money to spend, but obviously he kept going to him because he knew or figured he was reliable. Um, like like the article, I don't think he's a bad worker. I actually enjoy what he's doing now in AEW because he's supporting characters. Just a goof and people hate him and it's fun to watch him do some of those stupid matches he does like the 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 brawls and whatnot um but yeah he he achieved way too much uh for, for the level he was at you know his mic skills not the greatest and he just yeah i i agree with what the article said the fans i don't think ever bought him as a main eventer wherever he went so yeah spot on so yes and yes to this one yeah how about you, Bob? Overrated, yes. I'd put him in my top five. Um, <laughs> and and my, my reasoning for this is just because he, he's a great worker. I'll give him that. The guy can wrestle a good match. Um, he's a heat magnet. People want to see him get his ass kicked, and he's perfect at that. But I feel like he's... Mid Carter status stays there and should never go above and beyond that. Adam mentioned TNA. You know, yeah, he was part owner of the company with his dad. Uh, what was the other one? Global Force Wrestling. How long did that shit last? Uh, he was owner of that too. Um, the days in Memphis. His dad was the booker, like you guys mentioned. Like he just he had it all handed to him on a silver plate. So of course he was looked to be as a star, um, but. <laughs> He was a modern-day honky-tonk man gimmick. You know, he would just come out with the guitars and smash people with them and do Ric Flair's strut. And um, to this day, I still, uh, and you guys mentioned the the IWC, they were talking about the, uh, con- the Continental Championship Tournament and they how they were excited about it. And I made a comment on there 
saying Jeff Jarrett's going to get a title shot at the winner because he always does for no fucking reason. And people got <laughs> pissed off at me for it, but it's the truth. Like Jeff Jarrett gets more title shots than anybody else in the world. And for what reason? Like uh, uh, you watch Dynamite, you watch Collision, and Jeff Jarrett's getting a fucking title shot at least once a month for some kind of belt that he has no damn reason getting a shot at. But yet, you know, everyone's beating him for a title shot. So it's just... That's just how how it is with Jeff Jarrett. I mean, he's a name, uh, but I, I think just a lot of things were handed to him, and I just definitely agree that he he's definitely overrated in my book. Yeah, I think, you know, yes, I believe he's overrated, and yes, he would be in my top ten. Jeff Jarrett may very well be number one in my opinion because he's a name – who and he's a name that everybody knows, but what has he really done to deserve that? And that's why I think he would be so high up on my list. I mean, the the, the records, yeah. the The article says it correctly, it, and everything he's gotten has either been through backstage politics or nepotism. You know, his dad put him in a in a huge position to be uh, the face of Memphis, um, and. The, the way that WWF used him when he was there in the Attitude Era is the way that you should use Jeff Jarrett. He's a mid-card heel. If you want to give him a mid-card belt here and there as a heel champ, fine. You know, put the IC belt on him. Put the European Championship on him. Whatever. That's good. Make him a heel champ that the babyface has to go after. He is not a top guy. He is not a world champion. And his politicking and nepotism put him in those positions where he was a multiple-time WCW champ, multiple-time NWA champ, multiple-time TNA champ, (coughs) just positions he was not meant to be. And, yeah, Jeff Jarrett, I, I, I too, am a fan of what he's doing in AEW right now. Um, But Bob is correct. He, He definitely does not deserve... The, the amount of title shots that he seems to get day in and day out. So, yeah, definitely overrated. Definitely in my top 10. We're all in agreement when it comes to Jeff Jarrett. All right. Number seven on uh, Bleacher Report's list is Bill Goldberg. And here's what they have to say about Bill Goldberg. No wrestler ever received a bigger push without paying any dues in this business than Bill Goldberg. There's no denying the fact that he was the biggest superstar in WCW for a few years or that he was a great face who would pack 30,000 fans into the Georgia Dome. The problem with Goldberg is twofold. First, he had almost no charisma or mic skills. And second, he had almost no wrestling skills on top of it. Goldberg was packaged by Eric Bischoff as an unstoppable monster who won squash match after squash match. However, once he was booked to start losing matches, his gimmick was gone and he didn't have the charisma or skills to get over any other way. All right. Do you agree with that assessment? And is he overrated and in your top 10? We'll start with you, Bob. What do you have to say about Goldberg? That one's tough. He's not in my top 10. I would not put him there because it, it goes back and forth. He 
he absolutely had zero wrestling skills. He he was not the he would not you know light the match on fire for you, and you wouldn't watch like a technical, um, you know, brawl coming out through that man. That guy would just go in there and destroy you and hit you with the spear, hit you with the jackhammer, and boom, it was over. But that was his character. That was the whole point of Goldberg. Um, you know, he, he didn't have to talk because many times we never even heard him talk. Uh, and then when you finally did hear him talk, you realized why you never wanted to hear the man talk <laughs> because the guy couldn't talk for shit. But he, when he first got presented to us, here's just this, this, this mysterious man that's just crushing everybody in the ring. And you're like, damn. And again, like I mentioned with Buff Bagel, the dude just had a, a frame for wrestling. You're like, he was just jacked and. You know, he had the look, and you're like, holy shit, you know, this guy's just interesting. And Bobby Heenan would get behind him when he would come out to the ring, and, you know, you were excited to watch a Goldberg match. So um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's overrated. Um, I wouldn't say he's underrated either because he, he just, like I said, he couldn't wrestle. But he just did what his gimmick what he was supposed to do with the character he was given. And then, yeah, after his streak was over uh, and they made him start talking more and they made him start wrestling more, you know, he was kind of exposed in that aspect. He would have a good match here and there. There's one with DDP that he had a great match with, but um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't put him on my list. I don't think he'd be uh, considered overrated in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I tend to agree with you. I, was he overrated as a in-ring performer? I think so. Yes. Was he overrated? Yeah. Was he overrated as far as his charisma and his aura and the presence about him? No. There was a reason why fans glommed on to him. He was, you know, the way he was booked as this unbeatable monster and the way he performed that. That wasn't overrated. That was just a perfect fit for what he was. Um, I would say that, you know, yeah, once he uh, once the unbeaten streak was over and that mystique was gone, it wasn't the same. But I think if they had just kept him as kind of like a special attraction uh, in the way of maybe like, you know, an Andre the Giant-ish kind of thing and the kind of the way that... Uh, you know, WWE used him when they bought him back. Um, it could have got, it could have still gotten over. Um, so yeah, I would agree with you. While not a great performer in the ring by any means, I wouldn't call him overrated, and he definitely wouldn't be in my top ten. Uh, how about you, Adam? What's your opinion on Goldberg? I was on the fence about this, but I think you guys convinced me. Um, definitely if you're talking his WCW run, um, definitely not overrated at all. Um, had a huge impact on it. Um, that was like their second, uh, their second chance to, to get to the top of the mountain. Cause he really caught fire. You know, WWF got the momentum back after the NWO crap got stale and then he was kind of the, the next wave. Um, and that was huge. Um, and yeah, the people were really into him. And yeah, to say he has no charisma is bull. He had plenty. Um, yeah, the wrestling skills, you know, whoever, uh, first of all, did Bret Hart write this write up that you just read us? Because it sure sounds like he did. Yeah. Um, right. But uh, 
so based on that, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no, he wasn't. Um, his his last few go throughs in WWE kind of was why he was on the fence. Those did not go very well. I mean, talk about getting title shots for no reason, and he just looked bad out there. And you know, there was the that was the deal been signed. So you know, the guy's gonna get paid. I get it, and he's gonna do what he's gonna do. I, I don't think it was necessary. Other people could have been in that slot, but that again, that's not on him. So yeah, I will say that uh, he's a, he's an important footnote in wrestling history. So he's not overrated, and, and uh, even if I thought so, he would be nowhere near my top ten anyway. All right. Well, there we go. In our opinions, Bill Goldberg not overrated, quite rated. We would say. <laughs> sorry, Brett. Yeah, sorry, Brett. <laughs> All right, let's get to number six on this Bleacher Report list of the top ten overrated wrestlers. And number six is, well, it's the Big Show. Big Show coming in at number six. And let's see what they have to say about him. Uh, Let's see. The Big Show. There is a YouTube clip of a Canadian interview show called Off the Record where The Undertaker is asked about wrestlers who fail to live up to their potential. And he mentions only one name, The Big Show. Many fans have wondered with have wondered why Paul White has never been given a bigger push, given the fact that he's the biggest performer in wrestling history and has a good amount of athletic ability. The answers to this question are simple. Vince, Vince McMahon long ago learned his lesson that you don't put over lazy performers when there are guys on the roster willing to work their asses off both inside and outside the ring. The stories of show's laziness outside the ring are legendary, and he's also known as a guy who prefers eating over staying in good condition. Well, I don't know about all that, but <laughs> um, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, start off with I this. Working for Vince, whatever. Yeah. Um, well, I'll start with. I'll, you guys will have your point. I'll start with this one. Um, Big Show, I would not put him as overrated. Um, in my opinion, he, this article's really, really kind of mean to him. I don't, I don't think he's, you know, I know it's from 2009, but even still by that point, I think Show had kind of gotten his shit together, uh, from what his reputation was from back in like WCW. Um, I think show was a was a hard worker uh from what I've heard maybe he didn't live up to his potential in the undertaker's eyes because he never got like um serious runs at the top um but I I I don't think that's really you know that should factor in I think you know he's definitely one of the more recognizable wrestlers of the last 25 years and you know, I think he he had a pretty good hand in establishing himself as that. So yeah, I wouldn't say that the Big Show is overrated, um, and he wouldn't be on my list even if he was. So yeah, I, I totally disagree with him being on this list. Um, Adam, how about you? What do you have to say about the Big Show? His angle, boss man, was certainly not overrated. <laughs> um, I I felt his tears. Um, and I hung on to that casket with him uh, in my heart. Yeah, I don't buy it either. Um, 
you know, when we're talking about people like Jeff Jarrett and Greg Gagne, we, we were saying, you know, they got all these unnecessary pushes and title matches. You know, I feel like Big Show, you know, not that he hasn't had titles, but, you know, he's he's not like one of those guys where you list, like, the greatest WWF champions and he's there and, and, and you know, and he's not there unnecessarily. He had, I, I don't think he had many long title reigns. Um, maybe he had a few, but they were, they were short lived. He was never like, you know, I don't feel he was overexposed that he, he, he did his job, I guess, you know, I, I, I'm kind of indifferent really. Um, I, I don't think he's terribly overrated. I mean, he's had his moments. He's, there's some good stuff. There's some bad stuff. I, I, they certainly didn't do him any favors. They changed gimmicks on him so many times. And I do think that they were probably expecting to get more when they did get him. It was considered a big get when they got him in the middle of the Monday Night Wars, and it took a while for him to to catch on. But um, but yeah, and I, it's, it, he's not somebody where it's like I'm always going. Why is he on TV? Oh, geez, you know, again. So no, I would I would say no, and he and he's lasted a long time, which you, you know you got to give him credit for. I don't think he should be in an AEW ring. How about you, Bob? What are your thoughts on the Big Show? You mentioned someone who prefers drinking and eating compared to staying in physical condition, and I've been doing that for the last twenty twenty one years. I have zero <laughs> problem with it. That's why I rose my hand. Yeah. You like a good brownie, cupcakes, pie. I enjoy all that shit that I'm not supposed to be having, but fuck it. If the big show wants to have it, let him have it. The guy's fucking like seven foot five. Um, <clears throat> does he belong on the list? Uh, if if Kevin Nash and the great Kali are not on this list, then fucking this is a ridiculous list because <laughs> big show... Um, WCW Big Show, the guy was fucking as athletic as hell. The dude was throwing drop kicks. The guy was, you know, doing moves off the top rope. Um, and it was just like, wow. You know, he, he was in shape. He was cut. But he's even came out and said, I took advice. I was, you know, he, he had no no training. He just went in there and just started wrestling because he had the look. You know, he had, uh, there was no WCW power plant at that time. They just threw him right in there and said, go get him. And you're in there with the the Hogan's and the Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. And he's even come out and said many times in the past, you know, I took bad advice from all the people in WCW and I thought they were trying to help me, but they weren't. Hence the reason why he left and ended up going to WWE. Did he have the possibility to be an amazing monster? Yeah. He did. Um, but I think it was Adam that just said it right now. I mean, they just never pushed him that proper way that he should have. Um, you know, hey, go ahead and cut your hair really short and let the rock tear you apart in a promo. Um, you know, let, let's have you dress up as Hulk Hogan or Rikishi or, you know, just do all these other stupid, ridiculous gimmicks. And then half the time that he was either turning from a face to heel once a week because they didn't know what to do with him, And then the other half of the time he was injured because the guy was just fucking just so big for his body that he was just constantly getting hurt. Um, could he have been a better performer in ring and stuff like that? Possibly. Uh, but. That's a lot of it has to do with the people that are pushing you out and put you putting you on the TV. Um, but would I say the big show is overrated? I, I don't think so. I um, I don't I don't think he belongs on this list. 
So there we go. All three of us in agreement. The big show, not overrated. All right. Let's get to number five on this uh, Bleacher Report list. Number five is Hulk Hogan. Uh, and here's what they have to say. It's blasphemy to many fans to ever put Hogan on a list of this nature, given that it's not deniable that Hulk, that Hulk is both the greatest face and biggest draw in the history of the business. Uh, well, Austin was the biggest draw in the history of the business, if you want to be technical about it. But, uh, however... Uh, fucking two thousand and nine. Yeah, this is yeah, this is two thousand and nine. We have to we have to put that into account. Uh, however, it's also not debatable that you can count the number of good matches that Hogan had on both hands. And as the legendary Lou Thez once said, I, well, actually, I think Grill Monsoon said this, but whatever. Hulk Hogan doesn't know the difference between a wrist lock and a wristwatch. It was Gorilla. It was Gorilla Monsoon, yeah. Uh, One can overlook the fact that Hogan wasn't a good worker. However, his biggest sin is that for all the wrestling industry did for Hogan, he never gave anything back to the business that made him rich and famous. During his NWO days, when Hogan said he was bigger than the business, he wasn't counting, he was not cutting a promo. He actually believed it. Hogan could have made dozens of careers by putting younger guys over like Flair and HBK have, but he refused. Um, that's because he thought, even well past his prime, that he was above helping the industry that took him from playing bass in Tampa bars to being a worldwide celebrity. So there they go. That's their assessment of Hulk Hogan. Um, Adam, what's your take? Hogan, underrated or not? You mean uh, overrated? Or overrated, no. I'm sorry. No. 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 Sorry. Okay. I know you don't like him, but... <laughs> well, no, I mean, I agree with you. I don't think he's I mean, overrated he's, either. He's, he's trash as a, as a person, as we've established. Um, he's a horrible politician, um, you know, but again, uh, this guy, uh, again, whether you love him or you hate him, this guy brought wrestling to a place that it's never been brought before. Uh, he had an amazing run, especially his first run as champ. Um, you know, again, even, uh, you know, Vince saw the potential in the AWA, going back to them. Um, that's why he wanted him. He wanted to build his company around him because he saw that, uh, that the, the, you know, the society was changing, the business was changing, and he needed, you know, the, the whole rock and wrestling connection you hear about all the time. They needed someone like that, you know, the, the uh, Bob Backlund wasn't going to take you to the next uh, level. So they needed a more charismatic guy that everybody could latch on to. And, and, and that was the guy. I mean, they, they set records all over the place at the time. Um, just due to Hogan's pop- popularity. Um, his matches weren't the greatest, obviously. But, I mean, again, I'll, uh, the Ultimate Warrior match at WrestleMania six, great match. We always talk about him and The Rock, WrestleMania eighteen. Him and Andre wasn't the technical classic, but just the magnitude of it. We've discussed that before. So it's not like he's had no good matches. So um, I think someone's just got an axe to grind with him as a person. Um, he's, 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 uh, yes, uh, maybe he should have given more back to the business, but, uh, but uh, the business would not be the same without his contribution. So that's a no from me. Okay. Adam, or uh, I mean, Bob, your thoughts on Hogan. I definitely agree with Adam. Um, 
you know, he he made professional wrestling back in the day when the WWE or WWF was, you know, getting ready to launch WrestleMania and they put the the rocket pack on him and they strapped it up and they said, Go get it and this is exactly what he did. Um, you know, if he if he was overrated, he wouldn't be selling out WrestleMania three and, and you know, the Silver Dome with Andre the Giant. Um, you know, people were there for that reason. Um in, in Toronto, WrestleMania with The Rock, people were there to see that match, and you know the fans just went ape shit over it because of Hulkamania. Yet, yeah, could he not wrestle a match? Yeah, he wasn't, you know, going to light light it on fire. You know, have a great technical skills match, but you weren't there to see a great technical skills match from Hogan. Just like you were there to see Goldberg destroy somebody, you were there to see Hogan, you know, beat some people up then get beat up, then build it back up, and then hulk up and do the finger point, do the big boot, do the leg drop, and then you go home happy. You know, that's that's your, you know, your, your Hulk Hogan match. But everyone wanted to see that because that's what we were just so accustomed to. Um, the guy had charisma for days, but, yeah, he, he lacked it in the ring, but he made up for it in different other aspects. So um, definitely not on my list. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Uh, like you said, like Adam said, I, as a person, Hulk Hogan's a piece of shit. But that has nothing to do with his uh, in-ring overratedness or not. Um, I would put him in the same breath as like I did with Bill Goldberg. In the ring, if you want to make a if you want to make a case that he's overrated uh, as far as his in-ring skills, yeah, sure, w- whatever. But as far as like he is a whole in the wrestling business. There's no way you can say that Hulk Hogan was overrated just by what he accomplished and what he was responsible for. I do agree with what the article says about him putting younger guys over. He should have did that and he never did. And that's really fucking shitty. But again, bringing that up as a reason why he's overrated, that doesn't mean he's overrated. That just means that you have a, like Adam said, an ax to grind about him not doing the right thing as far as the business is concerned. That's a totally different discussion. As far as him being overrated, no, no. He's uh, he's not on my list, and he's not on any of your guys' lists either. So Hulk Hogan, not overrated. Doesn't deserve to be on his list. Um, All right. Let's get to our next one here. Number four on the list. Uh. Bob, you will be relieved to know that number four is Kevin Nash. Uh, <laughs> um, here's what they have to say. Yeah, here's what they have to say about Kevin Nash. No wrestler has ever been more politically astute backstage and benefited more from his stroke than Kevin Nash. Early in his WWE tenure as Big Daddy Cool Diesel, Nash, a wrestler of average skills at best, befriended Shawn Michaels who had Vince McMahon's ear at the time backstage. Later in WCW, he was closely aligned with Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff and somehow managed to parlay those relationships into the job as a head booker. Later, when he went to TNA, he befriended Jeff Jarrett, whose father owned the promotion. Nash's problem wasn't that he was a good networker, but rather that he used his backstage stroke to not only push his own career, but to also hold down wrestlers who felt that he, who he felt were not at his level. 
And ironically, almost all of these guys in question were guys like Kevin, Chris Jericho, Bret Hart, AJ Styles, you name it. They, he felt was vastly, uh, he felt was vastly inferior to himself. For those who believe that the ability to act cool and cut a good promo is what makes a wrestler truly great, Nash might have had a case. However, he was not a great wrestler, and even when he was, and even in the areas where he was strong, like his charisma and mic skills, he was always overshadowed by the likes of HBK, Triple H, Scott Hall, and Hulk Hogan. Um, all right, um, Bob, we'll have you start off this. What do you have to say about Kevin Nash? He would be my number one. Yeah. He would easily be my most overrated wrestler of all time. Um, well, if you remember if you remember correctly, when we did our list of overrated he wrestlers, one. he he was number one. Yeah. Yeah. He um could he talk? Yes. Did he have a look about him? Yes. He was a big, big man. But he had the basic move set of any big man out there. Um, you know, just minus the jackknife powerbomb. Um, he, he, I think you nailed it when you said he was just, you know, right place, right time for Kevin Nash. Uh, when they actually made him champion in the WWE, you know, he, he couldn't bring people in to have him come in and watch him and Mabel wrestle when he was champ. You know, that was probably like one of the worst times when he was champ. No one really gave a shit when he was champ there. And then he goes to WCW, WCW, you know, he's in Hogan's pocket and then he becomes Booker, like you said. Oh, let me go ahead and and break Goldberg's streak. You know, like he he was the one that called it for him. Uh, you mentioned the things with Jericho. You mentioned, uh, you know, he was the one one of the ones. Hey, let's go ahead and get Rey Mysterio's mask off and destroy him in the ring too. Um, you know, just stupid shit that that shouldn't have been a part of wrestling. And there, there's Kevin Nash to be a part of it. Uh, and then you mentioned he goes over to TNA and he's holding down AJ Styles and uh, you know he's holding down Samoa Joe. Just because he's Kevin Nash, he's a name, but the fact of he couldn't, you know, wrestle a match, he was just just Terry Tung- Terry Taylor playing as fuck for me in, in the ring. Like the, I, I, I would not be like, oh shit, I need to watch Kevin Nash's match tonight because you're gonna get, you're not gonna get anything enjoyable that you could talk about the next day. So. Uh, easily number one in my book when when it comes to the most overrated wrestlers. Yeah, I agree with you too. I, I like you said on our own personal overrated wrestlers uh, show that we did like a year or two ago. Uh, he was number one. He and it's he just our definition of what overrated should be. He fits to a T. This was a guy who made it to the very top of the business and had really no no reason why he was there you know he sure he like the the article says he could he could cut a promo he was he was really cool you know he had the that get like swagger about him but he was basic in the ring and didn't and even with his charisma he didn't really flash it to the point where it was filling seats. Like you said, he had trouble doing that when he was champion in, uh, in WWF. So yeah, he's the picture dictionary definition 
of the of the term overrated when it comes to professional wrestling. He'd be number one in my book too. Uh, Adam, how about you? What's your thoughts on Kevin Nash? Yeah, um, he's not number one in my book, but yeah, he's definitely in the top ten. Um, yeah, everything you said again. Um, him being a champion was an epic disaster. Um, I'd argue that was the lowest point uh, of WWF slash WWE history. Um, I remember him main eventing WrestleMania against Michaels, and he retained the belt. I was like, what? <laughs> Just crazy. Um, you know, uh, Bob mentioned him versus Mabel, SummerSlam. I mean, worst main event I can think of off the top of my head. That includes WCW. Um yeah, just uh, I remember Jim Cornette saying he had six moves, no mobility, and about enough timing to cover up for some of it. Um, and yeah, just all the stuff. Uh, uh, you mentioned all the blunders with booking and, and making himself look good, making no one else look good. The Rain Mysterio one, yeah, that still pisses me off. Uh, the finger poke of doom, he had a nice hand in that. You know, the, the urban legend is is. Hogan said, uh, you know, uh, or they worked out, you end the streak and I'll get the belt back. That was supposedly what Hogan and him and Bischoff uh, just sat there and picked his nose and didn't do anything about it. Let him, let the inmates run the asylum. Um, yeah, I can't think of, the only match I could think of that he was a part of that, that, that I enjoyed is when he was in the Royal Rumble and he threw out a bunch of people in a row. Uh, that's when he first got the push, but even in, the, in his WWF days, I don't, I don't think his promo skills really took off till WCW. He was just one of those big guys that Vince fell in love with, uh, the look. And very similar to Sid, actually, except his promos weren't near as funny. So, yeah, yeah definitely overrated. All right. Well, there we go. All unanimous. Kevin Nash, definitely overrated and definitely in all of our top tens. Uh Adam, it's funny that you mentioned Sid because he's next on this list. (laughs) Call him Sid Vicious or call him Psycho Sid. Either way, this guy is almost a textbook on how stupidity can ruin a career. Um, In some ways, you can cut Sid a break because it's clear from his track record that not only was the guy a terrible wrestler, but the guy just wasn't all that bright. Uh, The classic Sid story, as told by Jim Ross, is that when contracted by the WWE in the 90s, Sid called Ross with a sob story about how he was hurt and couldn't work some weekend house shows. The following week, Ross got a newspaper clipping from a fan showing guess who playing in a softball tournament the same weekend that he called off with the injury. Of course, the other classic Sid story took place in WCW when he took offense to Arn Anderson insulting him in a bar while on tour in England, so he went to his room, grabbed a pair of scissors, and stabbed Arn Anderson in his hotel room. To make matters worse, Anderson was one of the most well-respected and well-liked guys on WCW's roster, and Sid was was going to be set for a world championship run. Needless to say, Sid was fired from WCW the next day. In fact, the only reason why Sid, who couldn't wrestle to save his life, couldn't cut a good promo to save his life, and couldn't even exhibit any common sense to save his life, isn't higher on this list is because most fans have forgotten who he even was. Um, Okay, that's a lot to unpack. Uh, (laughs) I'll start with this one. 
yes, I believe Sid is overrated. He talk about a guy who got by just based on his look. If you want to go by like eighties and early nineties definition of what a wrestler should look like, it was Sid. The guy had the fucking look. He was huge. Um, you know, well, well, how how tall was he? He was six what? Eight, yeah, like eight six nine, eight, six nine, say. just a fucking mountain of muscle. Had the had the blonde hair, everything. The guy looked like what you would. Th- I mean, fuck. I'm surprised Vince McMahon didn't cream his fucking jeans the first time he saw Sid. But you know, <laughs> he may have. I don't know. He he definitely could. He definitely may have. Something I don't I can't have been swearing jeans. That's the only thing. Yeah, dad jeans, definitely. But, but um <laughs> but yeah. Jeans. But, when it co- <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. but when it comes to like like it's an in ring ability or mic skills or whatever, yeah, he didn't have it. He just didn't have it. He didn't his working his workability and his promos and everything in no way justified the pushes that he got, the the championship runs that he got, the the stay on top that he got from not just WCW or WWE, but other like Japan or, you know, ECW gave him a fucking shot there for a little bit. You know, he definitely made more out of nothing than a lot of wrestlers I can think of. Um so yeah, I, I would definitely say he's overrated, and definitely I would put him in my top ten. Uh, Adam, what's your thoughts on Sid? I feel bad because I don't know. I, I I have an affinity sometimes for things that are so bad they're funny, and that Sid falls into that category. But if I'm being fair, everything I just said about Kevin Nash is true is is true of Sid, except for the po- the politics stuff. Well. I guess he played his own form of politics. It just didn't get him to the places it got Kevin Nash. But, yeah, dude couldn't work. Um, got every opportunity uh, in every promotion he was in. Um, I can't. The only memorable Sid match I can think of is, is uh, when he beat Shawn Michaels for the title Survivor Series. And I only enjoyed that because I couldn't stand white meat babyface Shawn Michaels and I, I just loved how the MSG crowd turned on him uh, and, and rooted for him. But that wasn't really his doing. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's a memorable, hilarious promos. But, but yeah, he uh, he looked the part, but he, he just didn't deliver. Uh, you know, again, I was at WrestleMania 13, and, and him versus The Undertaker was a very boring main event, one of the worst main events in WrestleMania history, probably. So, yeah, as much as Sid makes me smile and laugh at at his ridiculousness, yeah, I got to call it as I see it and agree that he's overrated and probably is in the top ten, too. Yeah. Bob, your thoughts on Sid? I would put him in my list in my top ten because of everything that you guys mentioned, but... I fight for Sid in the fact of he's definitely overrated. He his wrestling skills are shit. But you meant you 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 nailed it when you said the fact of 
if you see Sid Vicious, especially in the 80s, early 90s, the guy looked like a million bucks. He looked exactly what you wanted on your roster. And and he had that perfect gimmick of being a nut. Like, so I think the only time he was really, really utilized well was when he had a manager. ECW had him with Je- Jeff Jones. Remember, he they wouldn't let him talk mm, for shit. Yeah. And Jeff Jones didn't <laughs> talk. He was a monster. WWE had him for a little bit with uh, with DiBiase, and DiBiase mm-hmm. would do the talking for him. But then they kind of let him go off on his own. When he was Shawn Michaels' bodyguard, he never really spoke much, but he was just this big badass. When when he was in WCW, he was a part of the Horsemen, and he was just a big badass. But then you give him a mic, and you're like, oh, fuck. You know, like it just <laughs> completely takes away the aura of what this monster was. So my question to you guys really quickly is, if Sid never talked and never had any of these atrocious promos that we know him for, would he be on your list? I think he would still be on my list, just based on the fact of how many – championship runs he had and he did not have the in-ring ability to justify those that many runs and he also his charisma while goofy you know the whole crazy shit i mean it 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 didn't really it wasn't like hogan kind of charisma or or anything like that it was his own kind of charisma that didn't really justify i think his his uh his place of being top of the card as much as he was so yeah i think he would still be on my list i think with a Heyman like manager i think i think maybe they could have made a go with that I, I, i'm i'm gonna because I, I i agree i kind of want to fight from he does he does have a really big presence yeah he doesn't have hogan charisma but he does have a big presence and utilized properly um you know he he could have you know he wouldn't do a spear but you know he could just go in and kick people's asses in a short amount of time like goldberg and again if he had a right mouthpiece like i, I think Heyman's the best choice because lesnar couldn't talk for shit either and, and Heyman helped get him over the hump so yeah I, I'd, I'd argue that i'd argue for that yeah i just I just completely disagree with the very last line that Tony said in that thing that, you know, no one's ever going to remember Sid because people yeah. will remember. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that he's memorable in so many different ways, whether it be, you know, like like we mentioned, his, his promos that were shit, him jumping off at Chris Benoit and breaking his ankle and fucking two, you know, shit like that. But, like, uh, I'll always remember him for that, but he's never going to be forgotten just because of, you know, the the character that he was. Yeah. So, yeah, we're all in agreement then, right? He is overrated and he would yeah. make our lists. So there we go. That's our opinion on Sid. All right. We're down to number two on this uh, Bleacher Report list. And at number two, they have the ultimate warrior. All right. And here's what here's what they have to say about good old Jim. Uh, Jim Helwig. And no, I will not call him by his legal name of warrior is a textbook case of how arrogance can ruin a career. Arrogance. Um, for two or three... Martel is not overrated. No, he was not. Uh, for two or three years, there was nobody bigger in the business than, than the Warrior. However, five years later, he found himself as one of the industry's biggest jokes. 
The WWF gave Helwig one of the biggest pushes anybody had ever received, even demanding the Hogan job to him and pass the torch to Helwig, who was a worse wrestler than even Hogan. However, soon enough, Helwig decided that he could that he could work when he wanted to or not work when he didn't want to, pulled a number of no-shows, was a cancer in the locker room, and proved himself to be more trouble than he was worth. Only a few years after Vince... Vince fired him. He was given a second chance in WWE where he pulled a number of no-shows, was a cancer in the locker room, and proved himself to be more trouble than he was worth. If Hogan believed himself to be bigger than the business, he was somewhat justified. He had paid his dues. His star power did take uh, wrestling to new heights of popularity, and he did draw more money than any professional wrestling had ever done up to that point. Helwig, on the other hand, was a flash in the pan whose own arrogance and sense of self-importance turned an entire industry against him. You will still find wrestlers who defend Hogan, but nobody will defend Jim Helwig. So, what are your guys' thoughts on The Ultimate Warrior? Adam, let's start with you. That that one's spot on to me. Um, yeah, overrated. Um I'd say, I think when we did our list, he was in my top three for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, everything we just said uh, about the last two, except even worse. Um, again, had the look. He did have charisma. The entrance, you know, everybody says that you talk to. the Once he gets to the ring, it's over. Once the bell rings, it's over. Um, he had the exciting entrance, the awesome theme music. Um, he had He had a presence about him. But yeah, between between the matches themselves, his horrible attitude, his his horrible promos, uh, again, just he was he was a flash in the pan. It was just one of those things where he captured people's attention for a while, but he did he he didn't hold their attention. You know, obviously, the biggest rub anyone could get is beating Hulk Hogan in 1990 clean in the middle of the ring. Uh, but that's that was it. It just all went downhill from there. Just think of all the horrible shit he had, he did after. Just you know the the Papa Shango uh, puking on on uh, I think it was Pat Patterson and and uh, getting bit by snakes in the in the snake chamber and just yeah, just didn't hold anybody's interest. He had a horrible attitude to boot. He wasn't reliable. Um, he cut a 25-minute promo that I still want back. Uh, those 25 minutes of my life when he came over to WCW and all the horrible things he did there. Uh, he had a high opinion of himself, and, and nobody else shared that opinion. So um, I'm sorry he died young, but other than that, yeah, doesn't do much for me. Yeah. What was that, that word that he made up? That, uh, distrucity. Distrucity. There you go. Yeah, not a lot of distrucity when it comes to the warrior. Um, yeah, if you get a chance, Jr. talks about that on his podcast. It's pretty damn funny. Yeah. All right, Bob. What are your thoughts on uh, good old Jim Helwig? He'd definitely be in my top five. Um, while you were pretty much talking about him, I started thinking about Goldberg again. You know, the the entrance was amazing. The music was amazing. He would come in. He would destroy you. But then you put the guy on the mic, and he was just 
interesting for the weird reasons. You know, like the guy was just a fucking nutcase on the mic, and you had no idea what the hell he was talking about. Okay. Um, the the times that he actually had a good match, it was because Rick Rude would go out of his way to make it a good match, or you know, the Honky Tonk Man, or whoever it was that he was wrestling in the ring. You know, would make sure that he actually they care they would carry him because that guy couldn't wrestle for shit. Um, you know, he would be gassed by the time he would even make it to the ring and shake the ropes and everything like that. So, if it wasn't for his uh, opponents making him look good, uh, again, just perfect look, uh, perfect time, and you know the whole scandal going on with the steroids and everything, and you know Hogan going away. This was you know your your next person, but. You definitely saw what big of a mistake it was for him. So, um, yeah, easily top five for me. Yeah, I agree, too. He's definitely overrated and would definitely be in my top five as well. Um, yeah, I mean, what more can be said about the Warrior that hasn't already been said? I mean, the 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 list, this article gets it right. You know, he turned the entire wrestling world against him. Remember the the rise and fall of Ultimate Warrior uh, DVD that WWE uh, released? Total fucking burial job. <laughs> um, but then all of a sudden, he's welcomed back with open arms, and now they're, they're treating him like he's an angel ever since he fucking died, when everybody knows the truth about him. Um, yeah, Warrior in no way... Uh, deserved the heights that he got um like you said i mean even it was pointed out in his dark side of the ring how he you know he never had any respect for the business at all he he was just in it to make himself famous that you know and that just the way he carried himself proves all that he didn't deserve what he got in wrestling and for that, yeah, he's totally overrated, totally deserves to be up there on anybody's list. So we're all in agreement when it comes to the Ultimate Warrior. All right, here we go. Our top, or Bleacher Report's top pick for their most overrated wrestler of all time. He can be your hero, but he's not. Uh, he's definitely overrated in the minds of Bleacher Report. It is the one, the only, North Riverside's hero himself. Yes. Yes, Bob. Uh, Lex Luger coming in at number one on this Bleacher Report list of top 10 overrated wrestlers. Here's what they have to say about good old Lex. Lex Luger, on the other hand, is a textbook case of how just not giving a crap about the business can not only ruin, not ruin your career, but how your career can thrive and prosper for acting this way. Um, despite not being a good worker and having very limited mic skills and charisma, Luger, Luger was pushed to the moon in both WCW and WWF. While working for Vince McMahon, the WWF pushed Luger so hard that they actually arranged for a bus tour where Luger would travel from city to city, meeting fans and building his reputation as an all-American babyface leading up to an encounter against then-WWF champion Yokozuna at SummerSlam 1993. All the while, he was secretly negotiating his return to WCW for a substantial raise in pay, while telling Vince that he was staying put. In WCW... Yeah, I know, that's that's not accurate at all. But, <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah. In WCW, Luger spent a career wrestling lackluster matches, giving far less than 100%, 
and receiving the type of pushes and recognition that most wrestlers only dreamt of. Throughout all of this, fans still cheered for Luger. Did they? Um, WCW yeah, insisted. This? <laughs> yeah, WCW insisted on referring to a guy that could care less about being a wrestler and never committing himself to the business as quote the total package. If Lex Luger had committed himself as much to wrestling as he did to partying, steroids, and weightlifting, despite his in-ring limitations, he might have actually been considered a legend in the sport. Lex Luger is a cautionary tale for anybody looking to get into the business simply to make money, travel, party, and get laid. Lex Luger could have been a legend. However, his lack of effort and respect for the industry left him physically broken down and also a forgotten has-been. Wow. Um, All right, Bob, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on Lex Luger? When it comes to uh, most overrated, it was either him or Kevin Nash for me. Um, pure definition of what being in it for the money was all about, you know, just ready to cash uh, a paycheck. And if you watch any of his stuff from WCW, um, especially during the Monday Night Wars, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about when he was with the NWO. Um, he would just phone it in all the time, man. Uh Again, the definition of having an amazing look, like you see the guy and you're like, holy shit, this guy's just chiseled. The early WCW, late 80s, early 90s, Lex Luger, just like, fuck, man, that guy, like you would want to build a company around this guy. You would want him to be one of your stars. And then you see him again on the mic and you're like, never mind. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, just he, he wasn't the total package at all. I mean, just the fact that he couldn't really wrestle for shit. Like yeah, a lot of people don't say how many amazing Lex Luger matches that, you know, they've seen in the nineties or, you know, early two thousands, like, cause there's not a lot. Um, amazing specimen. I remember him putting the fucking big show up in the torture rack and doing stuff like that. Hell yeah. That's the moments that you'll always remember. But the fact of, you know, him getting title shot after title shot, and I remember you arguing that he was one of the best United States champions of all time. It's just, I, I never saw it. Never saw it. Well, reigns-wise, he was, but, you know. Yeah, I but you try. also like Steve McMichael, so. Well, goddamn right I like Steve McMichael. Hey, get, don't, <laughs> hey, don't, don't, don't talk bad w- about Mongo. WCW legend. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Adam. What's your thoughts on Lex Luger? Both were horsemen. Yeah, that's Both true. Both horsemen. Uh, yeah. Um, was Paul Roman? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was uh, that was the worst. I think. Uh, yeah, Paul Roman's overrated too. By the way. Um, yeah, I would agree. He's he's way up on 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 the list of overrated. You know. I, even when I was 16 and I actually went to the North Riverside Mall to see this guy, here's, here's how much I cared about him. Like, I went on a lark thinking there'd be 50 people there. There were not. There were, like, thousands. I'm like, I ain't standing in line for this fucking guy. I don't care about him that much. You know, and, and when you did, they would show the... the uh, it, it, it came through the camera. You could just see that he, he was phoning it in. And, 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 you know, we're like, you know, whether Hogan was phoning the same thing in or not in the 80s, he at least made it look like he gave a shit. This guy, you could, 
very, you could very clearly see he, he didn't care uh, very much. And yeah, just there to cash a paycheck. Uh, I think Steve Austin said in his book uh, about a match him and Dustin Rhodes had where they both, uh, they both bled and, and had a hell of a match. And they, they went backstage and they're congratulating each other. And, and they said there was Lex Luger behind us waiting to uh, go out and flex. And he had no clue about what we were doing. And he was looking at us disgusted. You know, that, that just about says it all. Um, yeah, he just was there to, to collect the paycheck, make money. And that's about it. I mean, yeah. Uh, to say that he'll be forgot, he's a forgotten. I don't think he'll be forgotten either. Um, but again, I just, I can't remember much about him. He's, he's more of a punching bag than anything else for me and for the show. So North Riverside salutes you, but not me. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely overrated. Definitely high on the list. Um, yeah. I mean, Lex did not do a good job of disguising his, uh, his disdain for the business sometimes, and when you do that, it's not going to work out well for you. Um, and, but like the article made a good point, despite his open disdain for the business, he still got push after push after push after push. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess when you have that look, you could just you could just whip it out and piss in the ring, and they'd still fucking push you. Um, you know, you know, Brian Pillman tried doing that. Look, that that didn't happen because he didn't have that look. Um, like you said, Bob, if it's not Kevin Nash, it's Lex Luger. Those guys are like one in one A when it comes to being overrated in the history of the business. So, yeah, definitely deserves it, and we're in all in agreement about that. Okay, well, there we go. That's our first yay or nay. Uh, um. We'll, we'll do this again. I had fun doing this, just nitpicking a list and sharing our opinions on it. Uh, what did you guys think about this exercise? Let's start with you, Bob. It was 2009, so I guess they forgot Great Khali. Maybe he wasn't that great at that yeah. time. Yeah. Um, but he definitely deserves to be on this list, too. My boy Ryback deserves to be on this list. There's a lot of other people that deserve to be on this list, but... Um, it was fun, fun going through uh, a lot of these people, and you know there was uh, obviously some people that we don't agree upon, which we we talked about. Um, but yeah, it's definitely fun to go, to go over it. How about you, Adam? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I think I learned, and our listeners hopefully learned. If if you're jacked and or somebody's son, uh, you got a good shot at the wrestling business. You just won't be looked upon very favorably. Um, yeah, I always like to do that kind of thing too. Like I, I look at top ten albums and songs, you know, from the music world, and I usually critique the shit out of those lists. And I, I will look at some of these lists like this too, and from Bleacher Report and, and nitpick it too. So yeah, it was it was a good idea. Uh, it's fun to share everybody's different opinions and uh, and analyze things. Yeah, there are probably a couple people missing, but yeah, yeah, they, this list uh, they submitted uh they got a lot of the highlights cena should be on there too but that's just my opinion yeah that's you just true. can't see him right now the most. good point yeah i agree that the list was okay even if there were some factual in you know some inconsistencies 
uh, with their Didn't facts. Did you say Lance Storm was a cornerstone of ECW? Huh? No, he, said, Im- said, they- he said, imagine if you tried building uh, a new promotion with guys like Shelton Benjamin or Lance Storm as your cornerstone. Meaning that, yes, they're great in the ring, but that, you know, they have no charisma. So how would they be your top guy? Well, Lance Storm was pretty pretty high up in, on the ECW chain. Yeah. So I didn't like that. I didn't like that statement. Yeah. Well, Lance was never the main guy. So I guess they have a point. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do one of these yay or nays again uh, down the road. Um, yeah, I had fun with it. So hope you guys had fun listening. All right. Well, that's the end of the show for this week. But before we go, like we do every week, let's give you our match of the week picks. Uh, Adam, let's start with you. What's your match of the week pick this week? Um, there's a several, uh, collision, um, or, um, kind of classic matches I haven't seen yet. I heard some good things about the, some of them, but one I really liked was, uh, Brody King and, and, uh, Eddie Kingston. They beat the hell out of each other. I'm a big Brody King fan. Uh, we want to talk about underrated. I think, uh, I, I hope he's in line for, for something down the road, obviously, you get the House of Black um, as a unit, but I, I really like to see him stretch out and do more singles. Because, uh, yeah, I think Brody's a, a great talent, and Eddie Kingston's always fun to watch. I just love him watching him slug it out with people. Uh, very physical, entertaining match, so I'll, I'll go with that one. All right. How about you, Bob? What's your match of the week pick this week? I'll piggyback off of Adam with Eddie Kingston. Uh, his match he had on collision with Danielson was fucking awesome. Um, that was a lot of fun to watch. So definitely check that one out. Yeah. Mine is also a continental uh, tournament match. Uh, it was this past uh, Wednesday on Dynamite. Swerve versus Jay White. I thought was a really fucking good match. Yeah, I have to see that one still too. Yeah, and I, I, I love how, you know, I love what Jay White's doing with his character, and I also love what they're doing with Swerve. So just an incredible match, great character work. Uh, yeah, definitely my, my match of the week pick this week. I think Swerve uh, should be next in line. That's just that's well, what I feel. That seems to be he's heading in that direction, I believe. That's the way they're booking it. So. Yes. <laughs> yep. Freaking Prince Nana with too. him all the way. All right. Well, that's the show again for this week. Uh, we want to hear from you. Two ways to do that. You can email us. Our email address is enhancementtown316 at gmail.com. That's enhancementtown316 at gmail.com. Or you can do what everybody else does and join our Facebook fan, book, fan page. Uh, just go on Facebook, go into the search, uh, type up enhancement talent. And click the join button. That way you can join us and our crew of fans and, you know, posting memes, jokes, poll questions, uh, news, whatever the hell you want to do in the world of professional wrestling. It's all there. Uh, We love interacting with our fans on that page. And uh, we want you to join the show. So do it. Also, wherever you stream or listen to the show, click the join or subscribe button. That way you will get notifications whenever a new episode drops, and it also helps us uh, following-wise. All right. So there you go. For the Warsaw Blonde himself, Adam Kolovic, 
And for the other half of the amazing Lopez cousins, Dr. Bob Lopez, I'm Tony Lopez. We will see you guys again next week. Have a good and safe week. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. See ya. Night.